2023 is over. We've done our wrap-up. We've done our State of the Union. We've talked about some of the problems that the film industry has. And we are getting very close to releasing our top 10 list of the year. That is coming out later this week. But before we do that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you a list of movies, underrated movies, I would say, for the year. And I wanted to give you just like a good chunk of films for you to check out right now that aren't going to be on my top 10 list. They're not perfect films, not things, they're not movies that I that I loved wholeheartedly, but there's a movie that I really liked that deserved more attention. And so that's what we're doing here today. And, you know, let's talk about it. Hello everyone, welcome back to the channel. Thank you for watching, thank you for being here. Uh, like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, make sure you leave us a review, leave us a rating, all of that good stuff. Get in touch with us. Our contact information is in that little show notes box below this episode, and we look forward to hearing from you. As I mentioned, this is a precursor to the top 10. The top 10 are going to be movies that I really, really liked, really loved and enjoyed. And this list of movies that I'm bringing you today, 20 underrated movies from the year that you can watch, you know, right now. Not everything on this list is a movie that I loved, but there's enough here for me to be like, yeah, you should watch this. This is good. There's an element to it that I really like. It deserves more attention. Now, I wanted to kind of explain what I mean by underrated, right? So these are movies that probably had very limited release or they're on a streaming service, didn't get very well promoted. You might not even know that some of these movies even existed or came out this year. If you are not super engrossed in the film discussion online, you might not even know about these movies. If you were just a casual what's in theater viewer, I'm sure a lot of these passed you by, and that's kind of what this is for. This is part of our mission here at Junkhead TV is to provide you with some films, some comics, some books, whatever it may be, that maybe like slipped under your radar and like just giving you good recommendations of things that you could be watching, reading, listening to right now. Underrated is subjective, obviously. Like, I didn't see many people talk about these movies. That doesn't mean no one was talking about these movies. It doesn't mean that, like... Maybe if you've heard of every single one of these, like, good job. You know, I think you probably are pretty plugged in if you've heard of every single one of these movies. But I think there's going to be a good portion of people that either that missed them completely because they came out earlier in the year or they didn't get a lot of promotion or people talked about them for like a day and a half and then we moved on to something else. Like, this is this is the kind of thing that seems to happen more and more, which is like some of these movies, I'm sure you will be like, Oh yeah, I I remember I remember seeing the trailer for that on Hulu, but I never watched it and I just totally forgot that it existed. There's a lot of movies here that I think fit that criteria. And that's kind of what I mean by underrated. Like I don't see most of these movies popping up on end of year lists. I don't see a lot of them being discussed just in general. And so we're trying to shed light on these films because they should be seen. They should be seen more often. None of these movies are like big studio movies that just got forgotten about. Like they're all pretty small budgeted or to modestly budgeted movies that just no one was talking about. 
And so that's what I mean by underrated. There's movies that aren't on my top 10 list that I did not include here just simply because like they're not underrated. Like you've, you've heard of them. Like, you know, TMNT Mutant Mayhem is a movie that I really enjoyed from last year. I didn't make my top 10 list, but that's not an underrated movie, you know? Like, that's why this isn't exactly my 11 through 25. Like, it's it's a, it's kind of a, a shakeup of what would be in my 11 to 25, but is also some things that wouldn't make the list, but is still, like, well worth checking out, you know? I don't think there's anything in here that's less than, like, a three-and-a-half-star movie, you know? Like, I, I'm trying to highlight good things that I think people should pay attention to. You know, in like a movie like Oppenheimer or Barbie, stuff like that. Talk to me. Thanksgiving. These are all movies I really liked, but they're in no way, shape, or form are they underrated movies. So, what are some of these movies? Also, minus two. The last two that I will mention would be my 11 and 12 movie of the year. And I'm saving those to the end. But other than that, the rest of these movies are in no particular order. It is just kind of the order in which I wrote them down going through Letterboxd. So don't look too heavily into the order of these movies. It's not any kind of ranking. This is simply just me telling you about some movies for you to go watch. The first movie on this list is Hypnotic. Uh, written and directed by Robert Rodriguez, starring Ben Affleck. This is a movie I didn't even know if I that I liked when I first watched it. It's really, like, cheesy. It's really, like, if you're not ready for this kind of movie, you're going to think it's awful. But at the same time, you know, a phrase that I say over and over again is, like, they don't make them like they used to. And this is a prime example of that. This movie is, uh, I think it's produced by Robert Rodriguez's production company, and it kind of just went straight to Peacock in the United States. I don't think there was any kind of theatrical run for it. And... This is a really good this okay. This is not a really good movie, but it's a fun movie. It is like yeah, the premise is ridiculous, you know, it's about um a detective who becomes kind of wrapped up in this mystery that involving his missing daughter and this like weird like government program and like that they can like place people under hypnosis and you know, it takes some really weird and wacky twists. But but People kind of shit on this movie when it came out, like the people that were talking about it anyways. But I think if this was an 80s movie, if this was like an early 90s movie and you watched it, you'd be like, oh man, that was a good time. Like not very, not a very good, this is Judge Dredd, right? This is like a Judge Dredd kind of movie for the modern era. It's like um, any kind of like late 80s weird kind of action movie, right? Like. Like, anything Stallone would have done in this time period. Something that's just kind of, like, weird and out there that people don't necessarily love, but, like, they have a reference for. Like, this is that kind of movie. And it's like, yeah, it's stupid, and, like, it's kind of silly, but, like, at the same time, you're like, hey, you know what? That was fun. I liked watching that. And I, I think I got too caught up in, like, the, like, when I watched it, I was like, damn, this is so stupid. And then by the end, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, but you know what, like, that was, like, a ridiculously fun movie to watch. And it, the saying is true. It holds water. They don't make movies like this anymore. And, you know, I, that's why I think you should go check it out. It's on Peacock. You can rent it on Amazon. Uh, all, all the places you can usually rent movies, it's there. If you have a Peacock subscription, you can watch it right now. So check out Hypnotic, directed by Robert Rodriguez. 
The next one is a movie that seemingly got no promotion at all. Um, this is a movie that should have come out in 2022. I don't know why they didn't. Um, this is Kelly Reichardt's Showing Up, starring Michelle Williams, which came, which premiered at Toronto last year and I think got like a very small, limited release this year. And this is just seemingly a movie that like people missed. It didn't get any promotion. This movie should have come out at the end of 2022. It stars Michelle Williams, and I think if it comes out then, like, she probably is getting a lot of praise and Oscar buzz. But this movie got, like, released in, like, April, and I just don't think anyone was really talking about it. Um, I don't think Kelly Reichardt's really missed yet. This is a movie about an artist, and, you know, it's kind of like, she's like a sculptor. It kind of is portraying the life of an artist and is like about you have this inherent right to be creative, right? Like you, we as human beings, we, we are creative. We have a right to be creative. But that doesn't necessarily mean that like anybody cares that you have this right to be creative. Like it sort of is about this juxtaposition between like making art and like the commercial reality of making art. And, you know, like just because you have this like desire to do something that doesn't really mean people have a desire to consume it. And so it is about that kind of relationship. It's a very good movie, very subtle movie with subtle performances. And, you know, it is one of these movies that we kind of see pop up from time and time again. And just a very quiet, reserved, but like with very strong performance-led movie. And I just think most people did not even know about this. I have seen it on a couple of best of lists, but that's, that's because I think the name Kelly Reichardt to critics and people that make those kinds of lists at big outlets, like that name means something to them. So they checked it out. But in terms of like mass audience, I think this movie was entirely just missed by people. And is, is worth checking out if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. The next movie is directed by Philip Noyce and starring Pierce Brosnan. It's called Fast Charlie. This movie doesn't do anything new. It doesn't do anything original. It doesn't do anything that you're going to be like, I've never seen that in a movie before. But what it is, is an older Pierce Brosnan. He is a contract killer. And when his boss is killed, he's out to seek revenge for what happened. And it's just, it's not anything new or crazy, but it just, I just love seeing Pierce Brosnan like in this role. I love like older contract killers, older hitman movies. I, I love that idea of a guy who's just like just on the cusp of like needing to get out of the life. But you know, one last job, just when you think you're out, they suck you back in. And this isn't, you know, this isn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a very well-made, very tight movie, and Pierce Brosnan is doing great things, and I want to see more Pierce Brosnan doing stuff like this. This very, like, reckon backs to, like, you know, when he was a star at the head of James Bond franchise and After the Sunset and these kinds of movies, and I would love to see more stuff from him in this vein, because I think he's so good in this movie, and he's the reason to watch it. Pierce Brosnan is the draw. This movie is streaming on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. I think you can rent it. You can rent it on Vudu, rent it on Google, all this, like, you can, anywhere you rent movies, you can find this movie, and it's well worth your time. Next is a movie that I think is still kind of in the midst of a very limited theatrical run. They are showing that it can be rented on Vudu, it can be rented on Apple, um, 
I, I think it's still like a 1999 rental, which is ridiculous. But wait a couple weeks, it'll drop to a regular rental price. And this is uh, William Oldroyd's Eileen. And William Oldroyd has done did a movie Lady Macbeth, which is where I first saw uh, Florence Pugh, who played Lady Macbeth in that movie. And that is a phenomenal movie. I think this is a step down from that. But it still is very good, and it features like two stellar performances, one from Anne Hathaway and one from Thomasin McKenzie from uh, Last Night in Soho. And it, oh, Shea Wiggum is in the movie. He's awesome as well. And I think truly that you will benefit from not knowing anything about this movie going into it. It is kind of like a it, – it kind of starts as this meditation on – you know, small town life. It takes place in Massachusetts. It takes it's like a, I, I don't know exactly what time period, but it, it's probably in the the fifties or sixties somewhere around there. And Thomas and McKenzie's character works at a jail, and Anne Hathaway is a psychologist who gets brought in to kind of like help inmates. And it kind of starts, and you kind of think it's going to be one kind of movie, and then it becomes another kind of movie. And I like I lit. I was so mad because like I read the plot synopsis, not like the whole like like the little spiel on Letterboxd about this movie, and it ruins it. There is like I think the reveal about fifty minutes into the movie should remain a secret, right? But the letterbox like description of this movie gives away what it's going to become, and I think you really benefit from not knowing any of that because it feels like a movie about. You know, loneliness and repressed feelings and, you know, just the mundanity of like a life and then like trying – searching for purpose, searching for someone like to love you and like to take care of you. And that, that kind of seemingly is the relationship that Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway start to build. And then, like I said, it becomes something entirely else. It's a, it's a twist that's not going to work for everybody, but it – I'm not even entirely certain that it worked for me, but it certainly is – like an interesting decision, an interesting twist. I really liked like the the bravado of doing that. But the even if the twist does not work for you, the movie is still anchored by two like just phenomenal performances. So it's worth seeing for that alone. And so I think this is a very strong output from him, even if it's not as good as Lady Macbeth. It's still worth your time, and you should check it out. Next on the list is a film directed by Christo Christos Niku. I'm sorry, I butchered your name. Uh, this is an Apple TV Plus original movie called Fingernails. It stars Jesse Buckley, Riz Ahmed, uh, Jeremy Allen White, and one other. But the movie, essentially, it's like a somewhat science fiction-y movie. It's very grounded science fiction. But the idea is, like, if you take a fingernail from people, like uh, partners, people in a relationship, if you take a fingernail from each of them, you can, they can conduct this test that will tell you if you are compatible or not. It'll tell you, you get like two options, or I guess technically three, which is like, you get a 0%, which is like neither of you are in love with the other. You get a 50%, which is like one of you is in love with the other, but the other one isn't. Or you can get a 100%, where you both are in love with each other. And I mean, you can probably nitpick this movie to death. The movie is about Jesse Buckley, who's in a relationship with Jeremy Allen White. And she starts working with Riz Ahmed doing this test for couples. And she is kind of like questioning her relationship. It's very much – it's very grounded science fiction. It is very much about a story about relationships, about the people around us, the people we're choosing to spend our lives with. If we've made the right choice, how that thought – you can 
kind of like that, that, that thought of like, no matter how happy you are, like someone's always going to kind of, someone's going always going to have that in the back of their mind of like, hey, like, am I making the right choice? And, you know, this, it's a very like clunky kind of mechanism, like plot mechanic to like kind of ask that question, like that the scientific twist on the movie. But I think for the most part, it works. There's some really strong performances here, and it's a movie that's worth your time. So it's on Apple TV Plus right now. You can watch it. Check it out. Next on the list, this is probably the biggest studio movie that I could include on the list, but it does seem that nobody was really talking about this movie when it came out. This is Craig Gillespie's Dumb Money, starring Paul Dano, about like the GameStop stock. and Maybe, maybe it's just because like people don't really care about that. I don't know. It didn't seem like this movie did very well. I didn't see many people talk about it, but Paul Dano is really good in the movie. It's funny. Um, Seth Rogen and Vincent D'Onofrio are like pretty good as these like evil kind of scumbags at the head of these hedge funds. And yeah, I just I think it is a good movie about like people kind of like trying to like not be victim to the system, like people like trying to like resist that. And Paul Dano at the center, he's this kind of a very eccentric guy. And it's it's very good. Like it's a very fun, funny movie with some heart to it. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know why more people didn't check this out. But I th- personally think it's really good. I what I hope is that Craig Gillespie does not kind of pigeonhole himself in this position, right? He did Itania. He did uh, Tommy and Pam. He's done this like he seemingly is the guy right now in Hollywood to go to for quirky kind of biopics. If that's what he wants to be doing his whole career, then that's fine. But like I kind of want to see like what else this guy can do because I, Tanya is a very different movie from this, but they feel very similar. And it's just like it just is his style. And so if this, if this is what he wants to keep doing, fine. But I think I want to see him do something else. I don't know if the – Maybe that's a reason these this movie didn't do very well, is because people are like, oh, it's a another one of those from the same guy. Okay, well, like maybe I, I guess I've seen these other ones. I kind of know what to expect. Maybe I don't need to see this. And I hope that kind of returning to the same well is not what ended up hurting this movie. But I think you should check it out. It is available right now on all kind of rental services, so it's out there. Go watch it. Next on the list is Butcher's Crossing, uh, directed by Gabe Polsky. Nicolas Cage is going to get a lot of acclaim this year for a movie like Dream Scenario, which is one that I contemplated putting on this list. Uh, I, I think it's probably a bit too big. I don't think it's quite underrated. Uh, this is a movie that premiered at film festivals last year and then kind of just got dumped somewhere on streaming this year. It's available on, you know, Vudu and the Google Play Store and Apple, whatever, to rent. But this is a movie about a Harvard dropout. I believe it's based on a book. A Harvard dropout who, like, goes to, like, hunt buffalo with this guy. And it very much is, like, a loss of innocence movie. It very much is, like, a movie about people and, like, man versus nature. And, like, I think... As much as I think Nicolas Cage is really good in Dream Scenario, he almost might be better here. He's very like – because it's just – it's very different than what we see late career Nicolas Cage doing, which is these kind of like goofy and like zany roles. And I think this is – he's like very menacing and he's very kind of rough around the edges. And I think it's just a much more interesting character. 
And I think he's just phenomenal in the movie. And it's a very much shot out in the wilderness. It's a, it's a gorgeous looking movie with wonderful cinematography in like the the plains and hunting buffalo. It's a very grueling movie. It's kind of like dark, dark, just in like the terms of like the subject matter and what these men are going through. And then it just it ends in this very like harrowing note where this guy like went through all of this seemingly for nothing. And I think it's just it's a very strong outing from a director that I look forward to see what they do next. I just I don't think enough people have seen this and they certainly aren't talking about it. So that is Butcher's Crossing. Go check it out. Next on the list is a movie available to rent pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's the follow-up to the movie The Assistant, directed by Kitty Green. Uh, this movie is also directed by Kitty Green. It's uh, The Royal Hotel, which stars Julia Gardner, Jessica Harwick, and Hugo Weaving. And it's about these girls who go to the Outback to work at the Royal Hotel, which is kind of like a bar. And it just kind of like the city, it's on the very outskirts of a mining town, kind of in the middle of the outback, very secluded. And it's kind of the home to men who are very rough around the edges and probably aren't, you know, really up to date on what is or is not acceptable behavior towards women anymore. And that is kind of like the epitome of what this movie is. It is these, so much of this movie is done and like brilliantly acted through like facial expressions where something will happen and you, the audience member is like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. And then it's, they don't say anything. They don't address what happened. You just see it on their faces. It is brilliantly acted and it is very much like kind of like, like the horrors of the subconscious of being a woman in this scenario of like, well, you can't outwardly say, hey, stop, like they won't stop. So it's just kind of like the, like their facial expression as they are churning through like in their mind if they are about to enter a dangerous situation. And it is just it is, it's very well acted and it just kind of like keeps kind of building the tension and tension until you have this very grand release where things just go completely out of control near the end. Very well directed, very well acted. That is The Royal Hotel directed by Kitty Green. Available for you to rent and stream anywhere now, so check it out. Next on the list is a movie streaming on Peacock. It came out at the very beginning of the year, which is why I think a lot of people have probably missed it. It's kind of a COVID movie. It's called Sick, directed by John Himes, and this is like, it's, it takes place at the start of COVID, and they go to the secluded house where they get kind of hunted by these intruders, and it's a home invasion movie. It's super fucking brutal. And the action is really well choreographed and directed. It's uh, it's it's probably one of the best horror movies of the year. And I don't see almost anyone talking about it. Uh, especially if, since it's written by Kevin Williamson, who is kind of doing his satire again. Uh, it's just, it's so good. It is, it's so like brutal and gruesome and in your face and over the times at tops. And it's everything... I want this kind of movie to be, and sadly, not enough people are seeing it. Or they're they're chalking it up to just another, like, oh, it's just another, like, cheap COVID movie. Like, I don't need to see that. And, like, I think this is so much better than some of the other ones we have gotten. And that is Sick, directed by John Himes. Streaming right now on Peacock. Available for you to watch at any time. Next on the list is Reptile, directed by Grant Singer. Grant Singer is like a, he was like a, he's a very big, prestigious music video director. 
and he's doing this kind of like police procedural crooked cop detective movie uh, with Benicio Del Toro and Alicia Silverstone and uh, Justin Timberlake. And this movie like didn't play in theaters. It went straight to Netflix. And that seemingly is the problem, right? It went straight to Netflix. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody – people probably saw it on that first day and then it just kind of got lost. And this is this is the problem with streaming movies is that they don't stay in the conversation. They get watched. They get digested. And that's kind of it. And that is not something that we should be doing like with art because this is – this is this is a flawed movie, but it's it's a directorial debut. It's very well acted. It's very interesting. Like, I think there's things about this movie that are really well done. It certainly knows how to set tone and maintain that tone, and it is very much like a dark and brooding movie. Benicio del Toro does a great job, and it just it's one of those things that I saw people talking about it on the weekend that it got released on Netflix. And then never again. And that's a shame because like I, I love these kinds of movies. I love the gritty detective movie. I love like these crime kind of movies that big studios like aren't making unless Gerard Butler or Liam Neeson are in them. And like that's kind of fucked to me. Like I I love these kind of like uh well cop just has to solve something uh it ends up being a much deeper web than he anticipated oh no people are crooked ah movie over like i it's such like an easy formula to follow i get that but at the same time endlessly enjoyable for me so this is reptile directed by grant singer it's on netflix right now you have no reason to not watch this movie Next up on the list, another movie streaming on Peacock right now. This is a group of SNL guys, I guess. I don't watch SNL, but from what I've gathered, like this is where they're from. They're, I think they're staff writers for SNL. And it's uh, Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain, directed by Paul Briganti. And this is a little bit of a harder sell. It's a very like specific brand of humor. And it's very like millennial gen z kind of humor but given that i fall into that and i think it's it's very kind of ridiculous and stupid and like if you're not fine with dumb comedy like this probably isn't going to be the movie for you but if you are looking for something that's just super stupid and super over the top and ridiculous this is probably going to be a fun watch for you and i i recommend it to those people but not like definitely not to wide audiences i don't think this is a movie that like does well with wide audiences and it, it plays way more to like the youtube like tiktok crowd of people that like are in on this kind of joke and that's probably why it's not talked about that much given that it's such a specific brand of humor it probably is a reason why people aren't really liking it or if they are like that's it's why it's kind of kind of just getting lost to the ether but Hey, it's out there for you to go check out and for you to watch right now. Next on the list is a fucking incredible movie. This is a movie that I really enjoyed. It went straight to Netflix, unfortunately. Uh, it, it has even ha it has big names in it, and it's directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Vassarelli, who did the Free Solo movie and another documentary. Like These are Oscar-nominated filmmakers teaming with Annette Bening and Jodie Foster, to tell the story of Diana Nyad, who, you know, attempts to swim from Cuba to Florida. 
and it's like over a hundred miles of open ocean. It's supposed to be impossible, and she's doing it at sixty years old. And it is this story. It is a very classic sports drama in terms of like the rise and the fall, and like, oh, is she going to do it? Is she not going to be able to do it? And it's just, it is such a like up and down roller coaster ride. Jodie Foster is incredible in the movie. Annette Bening is incredible in the movie. I think this is one of those that should have got a late December theatrical release. I think if it did, we're talking about Jodie Foster for Oscars. We're talking about Annette Bening for Oscars. But because it's this weird kind of like dumped on Netflix in October movie, it's been lost to people. And this is a, this is a really good movie. If this was a, if I was giving you my top 25, this is probably right around that 15 slot. Like, it's very, very good. It's very well made and directed. The water sequences are incredible. Just how they overcome certain adversities and just like the the sheer will and momentum like for this woman to achieve her goal. It's very inspiring and just a very good all-around movie for you to watch right now. Now, in 2018, 2017, whatever year it came out, Paul Schrader kind of shook the world with First Reformed. And Ethan Hawke kind of like, oh my, Ethan Hawke was taken as a serious dramatic actor, right? And he makes First Reformed. It's an Oscar-nominated movie. It's a phenomenal movie. It's one of my favorite movies from that year. And Paul Schrader then kind of goes on and he does a, a trilogy of these kind of like broken men movies right we get the card counter in 2021 and then this year we get master gardener which given the bravado behind the scenes with paul schrader given the star joel edgerton who's a big name i don't understand how this movie's not doing better it isn't being discussed i think this is a better movie than the card counter it's not as good as first performed even though like Joel Edgerton kind of has the same look as Ethan Hawke in that movie. But this is this movie takes place at a very like prestigious estate. And Joel Edgerton has a very dark past that he's in witness protection and he is a horticulturist. He's taking care of the gardens for Sigourney Weaver's big estate. And her niece comes to stay there after getting in some trouble or I think like her mom like runs out on her or something like that. I don't exactly remember. And Joel Edgerton kind of like takes her under her wing and things kind of unfold from there. And again, it's not as good as First Reform, but it is a very strong movie with really like great performances. And Paul Schrader is really injecting like his visual style here, like very kind of surreal at moments. And yeah, I mean, it, it definitely goes to some uncomfortable places at times. And but I, I I think that's that's Paul Schrader. Like, I, I don't think that's why the movie's not doing well. I think it's just like nobody's talking about this movie. This is a very strong film from this year. I, I, I don't I genuinely don't know why people don't care enough about this movie. It's it's ready for you to rent. And I, I think it's even I think it's streaming on Hulu. Like you can watch it without renting it. And it's just it's very good. It's thought provoking. It's going to make you think it's a you know, it's about damaged men who have done bad things and they're just trying to make it right. And I, I that I, maybe I'm just a sucker for these kinds of movies, but it's a very strong movie and well worth your time. So that's Master Gardener directed by Paul Schrader. You can watch it now. All right. We are really getting into the heavy hitters 
Uh, next on the list is How to Blow Up a Pipeline, directed by Daniel Goldhaber. This movie, I think, is also available on Hulu. It's available to rent. And this is a environmental activist movie that's kind of told in the vein of like Ocean's Eleven. It is these people coming together to blow up this pipeline, and they all have very different reasons for wanting to blow it up. And it's told like a conventional kind of heist movie. And it is like such a thrilling movie. It is such a thrill ride, this movie. And I, I this is a very small budgeted, very small limited release. People were like, it's really ridiculous because I remember seeing articles about like, this movie is dangerous and it's going to convince people to go out and like commit these kinds of crimes. And it's like, how is that possible if nobody's fucking seeing the movie? Like, it, it, this is not a movie that makes money. So I don't know how you have these concerns, but this is a phenomenal movie. Well directed, well acted, very keen visual style. And if you just like a thrill ride if you like a heist movie if you like a movie like oceans 11 if you like a movie that is going to leave you on the edge of your seat with tense scenes and this is the movie for you you should go check this out this is such a great movie and this is like this was a very hard one to leave off of the top 10 but that's just because there's 10 better movies out there but this one is very good Next on the list is a Hulu original film that came out and directed by Matt Ruskin. This is The Boston Strangler. This story tells the tale of the women that kind of like search for the Boston Strangler. And it takes place in, I think it's like the 60s, 60s Boston, something like that. And it stars Kira Knightley, stars Carrie Coon as these two women reporters who are trying to figure this out. This is very much in the vein of something like Zodiac. And it's not as good as Zodiac, but it is kind of it's 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 towing that line, right? It is telling the story of these women who are driven to find this man because police ultimately did not care. He was strangling women, and the police just weren't doing anything about it. And in fact, like they seemingly were inconvenienced by the fact that these women were going out there trying to do their job. And this is very much a movie about, you know, like injustice and like crimes committing like crimes being committed around you that no one seems to care about and so if they're not going to care about it someone has to and that is kind of the role that these two female journalists play and this is a phenomenal fucking movie and this movie is just being lost on a streaming service if you like a movie like all the president's men if you like zodiac if you like it's it it, it, it it is a true crime movie, but it doesn't fall into those kinds of trappings. Like, it's not about who the Boston Strangler is. It is about the process of them trying to find him. And that is a procedural kind of movie that I love. And unfortunately, this movie is criminally underseen. So go check out The Boston Strangler, streaming right now on Hulu. Next up, I think is all, is another movie that I believe is streaming on Hulu right now, and this is uh, Georgia Oakley's Blue Jean, and this is very much an identity movie. It's a movie about um, a lesbian that believes this takes place in England or somewhere in the UK, and she is a closeted lesbian somewhere in the 80s, I believe, and she is trying to like keep that secret under wraps and doesn't want her coworkers to find out, doesn't want to be judged for it. And this is very much a movie about, like, embracing who you are. Like, it's about identity. It's about not, like, keeping parts of yourself secret. And this is a very, like, 
kind of like uplifting story about a woman coming into her own and like just embracing who she is as she should. Like it is a very well-made movie and it's very well acted as well. And it's, it's, it's a movie that like, again, it's not doing anything original, but it's doing things really well. And so it is well worth your time and worth checking out. Next on the list is a Max original film, HBO Max, uh, Reality, directed by Tina Satter, who I believe wrote like a stage play surrounding this. And then it got adapted into a feature film starring Sidney Sweeney. Uh, This movie is about Reality Winner, who kind of took classified documents and sent them to The Intercept. And this movie is about two FBI agents coming to her house to question her about that. And the movie uses like actual FBI transcripts. There's points in the movie where like the screen kind of just goes black and it's like the dialogue is like showing up on the screen. And it's it's very well acted by Sidney Sweeney. It's really like it's kind of like a tense movie as well. And you're kind of just like all these things are kind of happening. They seem the FBI agents are seemingly really nice, but you know they have ulterior motives. You know they're being nice on purpose. They're trying to trick her into revealing things that she didn't want to reveal. And brilliantly acted, very tense for being like a single location movie. A lot of this movie takes place like in the basement of her house as she's being questioned. And just just really good. And incorporating like actual dialogue from the transcripts is a really nice touch. And then kind of showing you their tra- those transcripts as the scenes are playing out, I also really liked. So some stylistic flair, some great performances makes for a movie that is well worth your time to check out. Next on the list is a movie that I kind of debated back and forth about, like whether it was actually an underrated movie. Um, it's a quasi sequel to Searching from a few years ago. And this is Missing, directed by Nicholas D. Johnson and Will Merrick. And this is a screen life movie. It takes place entirely on computer screens. And it's about a young woman whose mother goes missing when she goes on vacation, like with her boyfriend. And it's about her, like, trying to solve her mother's disappearance and just kind of like the weird twists and stuff that come along with this journey. And this was this is not like a major studio release, but it is a it was a January movie, and I think that plays a big factor in people remembering it and people talking about it. And I think this is a very good movie, up there with like Megan, which I also considered for this list. But I think given that that movie is getting you know sequels and potential Chucky crossover, like that's not an underrated movie. I think this is well worth watching if you don't mind like the computer screen thing like the gimmick i love that gimmick i'll watch anything that takes place like entirely on a computer screen but if that's not if that's something you can get past i think the reveals and the twists are kind of ridiculous at certain points but it kind of just adds to the fun if i had a criticism for the movie it's too long the a movie like this should not be approaching two hours like these kinds of movies work really well at that between 80 to 90 minute mark and i think there was a certain point where like my wife got to go to the bathroom and we paused it and it's like, how do we still have 50 minutes of this left? And I, I just, I think, you know, we talked about this in the state of the union, like movies are just too long. And I think this falls into that, but at the same time, it's still a very tense and enjoyable thrill ride that I recommend. We watched it on Netflix. I believe it's still streaming there. So you can check it out there. All right. Two more. And as I mentioned, these next two movies would be my 11 and my 12 if I was doing a top 25. So the first one, which would have been my number 12, is Cobweb, directed by Samuel Bowden. 
this movie is flat out ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's but it's so fun and like Lizzie Kaplan is phenomenal and it's so stupid in times. And I think it's like genuinely kind of creepy, like the creature and everything that kind of unfolds. And this is one of those movies that I really think you should go in not knowing anything and don't take it too seriously. Like have some fun with what's happening. I think horror has gotten to the point where like it's so self-serious a lot of the time that when you get a really goofy movie like this, people are like, what the hell? That wasn't scary. And it's just like the- – Not everything is trying to be hereditary. Not everything is trying to be in that vein. And like some horror movies are just trying to be ridiculous and fun. And that's what this is. I would wholeheartedly compare this to something like uh, the the James Wan movie from a couple years ago. What is that movie? Oh, something like Malignant, right? I think Malignant kind of faced the same criticism and backlash where people were like, this is ridiculous and stupid and not scary at all. And it's like, yeah, but it's not trying to be. Like, it's trying to be this fucking insane, over-the-top movie. And this movie is doing that as well, but it's doing it on a much smaller budget. I think the performances are really good, and I it just – it's it's well worth your time. This is like a, a fun – one of the most fun I've had watching a movie this year. So do with that what you will. And lastly, we will wrap by talking about – are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. An adaptation of a Judy Bloom book directed by Kelly Freeman Craig starring Benny Safdie and Rachel McAdams and Kathy Bates and Abby Ryder Forston, who plays the lead character. This is a great movie. This is like it's, – it's endearing and it's heartwarming and it's about a little girl who's like just, just trying to figure out who she is. And it's just like they, they, they lived in the city. And they moved out to the suburbs and they're start, kind of starting a new life out there. And it's just like this girl who is just kind of trying to figure it all out. Just trying to figure out who she is and what life has in store for her and all this stuff. And it's just Rachel McAdams gives a phenomenal performance. Benny Safdie gives a good performance as the dad. Kathy Bates is so good. The movie is like full of just really endearing moments and really heartfelt moments and warm performances from these characters and Rachel McAdams in particular is like really good and I think it's a shame that she's not going to be nominated for best supporting actress because she's that good in this movie this would have been my number 11 film of the year and it pains me to leave it off but it is it's one of the most endearing movies of the year it's one of the most just wholesome movies about like just being a family and like trying to grow up in this world and what all of that means and the trials and tribulations that come along with that. And one of these movies seemingly comes along every year. It kind of does the same similar thing. And I just think this is a very good version of that coming of age story. And it's just one of the best movies I've seen this year. And I just, I don't think people are talking about it. This is easily one of the best movies of the year and it just seems to be forgotten by people and is criminally underrated so if you haven't check it out check out the rest of the movies on this list let me know what you think in the comments below we can continue the conversation there that's all i have for you today thank you for watching if you're watching this on youtube like the video share it with your friends subscribe to the channel thank you for listening if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app leave us a review leave us a rating 
get in touch with us. All that information is in the show notes. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think. What are some of your underrated movies of the year? Let us know. And until next time, keep enjoying good things. Stay safe out there. Watch good films. Read good things. Goodbye, everybody.